Hello and welcome back to the My IBS Life podcast. Today I am here with my like Instagram IBS BFF Julie from Excuse My IBS and I'm so excited to have her. I've been wanting to do something with you for so long Julie. I think this has been a long time coming. Same. But I will kind of pass it off to you to give your introduction, who you are, what you do on Instagram, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, So I feel like you and I started our pages around the same time, right? Like, I feel like we were like a couple months apart. I think you Mm -hmm. were on just a couple months before me. But um, I started my page and my blog just to talk about living with IBS and coping with it while managing like family and all the other responsibilities that come with life. Um, in hopes that I could make other people feel less alone because when I was first diagnosed, it was really isolating for me. So that's essentially the main reason why I started it. So I'm only about, I think, seven months in now. I don't know if that's right. But yeah, so I post um, low FODMAP recipes that are uh, gut-friendly and um, yeah, just what living and living with it and uh having a young family and working full-time what that's like Mm -hmm. so when were you like diagnosed with IBS how long ago was that oh my gosh forever ago I think yeah (laughs) eight um, eight years ago oh my gosh eight years ago yeah it was crazy I was um like I was officially diagnosed and I've talked to so many other people about it who say like it all came to head like at a stressful time in their lives. So for me, I got engaged and we were married within six months. So we planned a wedding in six months. It was like a fairly big wedding. And so I got diagnosed shortly after we were married. Um, But it was like a complete gong show, like the Mm -hmm. whole diagnosis and the experience with doctors. Yeah. And I know you kind of been through all of that too, right? Yes. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. It's just like Mm -hmm. to get the actual diagnosis of IBS or like anything with your gut is always so complicated. I feel like. Yeah. You go through like 500 doctors, 500 tests, everything's coming Mm -hmm. back. If you have IBS, everything like comes back normal and you're just like, but I'm not normal. <laughs> like, I I'm, know I'm not normal. Say it with like, me. Something's wrong. <laughs> I'm not okay. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what was your whole process in going through that? Yeah. Um, I knew something was really, really wrong because, and I'm just going to get, like, TMI. I think, like, Please you go and I for it. Yeah. a lot. Between us, I don't think there's TMI anymore, but if anyone's listening like, to this, like, they're in it, too. <laughs> so go I for love it. that. It's like, it's my favorite. Um, but my thing was, I had mucus st- showing up in my stool, like, every time I would go to the washroom, like, a lot. Mm. Um, and so I knew something was really off. And so I would I went to uh, the first doctor and said, like, this is what's going on. And on top of that, like, every time I eat, I'm, like, pooping myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm in so much pain. I either don't go to the washroom for days or, like, I go right away and can't stop for a couple days. And so the first doctor, and, it, like, the, you probably have stories of your own with stuff like this. But he was like, oh, yeah, like, I think you should go on a paleo diet. 
And I was like, oh, okay, because I didn't know what was wrong with me. I had no idea. So I was like, sure, yeah, red meat. I'm all for it. That's great. And it teared up my intestinal lining. It destroyed me. Like, I was bleeding from it, all the things. It landed me in the hospital at one point. Um. So I did that, and I was like, "Ah, yeah, no, this is not that doctor." Yeah, (laughs) no thanks. And so I ended up going through five more doctors in the span of somewhere between six months and a year. And um, every time it was something different. Like I like, do you did you experience this where they just try and medicate you a lot of the time? I still have that going on. You still have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I stopped going to like. I, like, I will go to a naturopath now, but I will oh not go to, like, my family doctor about my IBS symptoms because I just don't trust that they're not going to try and medicate me. So, like, it's so good to hear that someone else goes through it, too. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I was put on, I don't know, probably eight different types of medication. And some of them make it so much worse. Like Yeah, that I, has definitely been my experience and I'm trying to like hold back my story because I want you to explain oh, I want to know I want to know your story in detail like I know we know so much about each other but I don't know like, I feel like we never actually with. talked about like when like our process of getting to where we are now we just talk about what's going on like right now <laughs> with us because every day it's just like I need you like, my poop stories <laughs> I'm like Julie I'm dying like I need you right <laughs> yeah. now no yeah I, I totally I, I talked about this on the last podcast I did with Matt, how my first gastro um, thought I had celiacs, so he wanted to test for it, and, like, I understand that in order to test for it, you have to have gluten in you, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's yeah, something new now, but back then, that was, like, the only thing that yeah. they could do. So he, and I had been on, like, a gluten-free diet for a few months voluntarily at this point to see if it was going to help me, and... Yeah. To me, it it wasn't really helping me, but it, there was a mental factor of, like, this might be helping. So when I went to him, he was like, okay, well, I need you to go home and for the next two weeks, like, eat eight bagels a day and, like, get all that gluten in you. And, like, I, like, cried because I was like, that's going to kill me. Like, yeah. which it probably wouldn't have, but I thought But it, it probably was. wouldn't have helped either way, right? Yeah. And so... I think I ended up still getting tested, but obviously I didn't do what he told me to do. I ate, like, a little bit, whatever, but he freaked me out. I didn't like him. And then the next one I went to thought, because they had done, like, a colonoscopy and everything, and he didn't find anything, but I was still complaining, he, like, looked at my mom, because I was, like, 13 years old at this point, and he, like, looked at my mom and was like, clearly she has some mental issues and probably anorexia. You should put her in therapy. And my, like, thankfully I had a mom that, like, was my advocate and was like, that's just wrong. Like, you're wrong. It, yeah. Um, like, my jaw just dropped just hearing that. I know. And, like, I, I think that still happens a lot of the time with, like, young girls going to get, like, diagnosed. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of the time they're like, oh, it might be just hormonal. You're just stressed. Like, and it's like, shut up. Like, <laughs> like yeah, maybe, right? maybe that's yeah, part of it, but that's not the whole thing. <laughs> And then I have a gastro now who I really like and I can talk to him and he runs every test in the book on me. Anything like he's always on top of like new technology and tests and whatever. But he definitely just like puts a band-aid over my like the root cause of the issue. Like he's always like, I want you to try this antispasmodic and this anti-nausea medicine. And I'm like, okay, great, that's great in the moment when I'm dying, but 
What about yeah. long term? Yeah. Yeah. So I totally relate like, to that. It like never gets to the root of the problem with these doctors is the problem. Like they just want to medicate you as opposed to find out what's really causing it. And that's the thing that I struggled with. Like, like all the different medications I was put on, I remember one. So I have anxiety just naturally, like I'm a naturally anxious person. Yeah. I know, you know, me too. <laughs> um, but like they put me on this medication. I didn't know much about what it was supposed to help like regulate me. And I remember sitting in my office feeling like I was going to literally crawl out of my skin. Like I could not sit still. I was like shaking from how anxious I was. And I was like, I can't be at work. Like I'm not okay. Something's wrong. And then I looked at the side effects and um, it had said like may induce uh, shakes or anxiety or whatever it was associated with. And I was like, Oh my god! I don't know how people, but it was so severe. Like it was like oh. the the craziest side effect. But like not once were those ever discussed with me, not even by the pharmacist. And like I was putting things into my body that I didn't really know what they were doing. Like one landed me into emerge because I hadn't gone to the washroom in nine days. Oh god! Um, like they were trying to stop like the IBSD symptoms. But like it did the reverse and like made it so extreme that I was completely IBSD. And for those of you that don't know IBSD, it's predominantly like, I hate to say it, but like you poop yourself nonstop and IBSDs are constantly constipated and bloated and can't go to the washroom. Mm-hmm. So like I went from one extreme to the other, which you don't want either. So right. it was just such a, like I was just constantly medicated versus you know, given tests to a point where I, I asked for tests. Like I was tested for celiac too, that came back negative. They did blood work to see what else was going on because they didn't know, they didn't know if I had an obstruction in my intestines or in my bowels. So they did, um, they did blood tests, they did ultrasounds, they did some type of thyroid test. I can't remember all of it now. And I had, I finally, how I was diagnosed is I got an endoscopy and a colonoscopy. Okay. So they went in and said, like, your bowels are the most swollen we've seen anyone's. Like, wow. the worst case of it. And it made sense because at that point I was, like, bleeding. Ugh. I had mucus. Yeah. I was throwing up from it oh, because God. I was so backed up. Like, like oh my just God. gross. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> my God. Sorry. I'm not out. I'm, like, heartbroken <laughs> for you. <laughs> Your poor, your poor listeners are going to be like, oh my God. <laughs> they have heard so much worse come out of my mouth. <laughs> like, don't even worry about it. No, I, I totally relate to that because I, when you were talking about how you took that medication that landed you in the hospital, I have a medication in my head that is on my nightstand right now and like that I'm just thinking about that. My doctor gave it to me for the same reason. He's like, this is going to stop the spasming and it'll stop your IBSD attacks. I want you to take one every day to prevent them. And I remember I did that at first and I was taking yeah. one every day. And then like you, like I didn't go that long, but I would go like, you know, like five or six days without going. And then <sighs> I would get cramping because I was so backed up. And I was like, well, I'm not going to take that stupid pill. It did this to me. But, yeah. but now I have the cramping. So what do I do? And it was like a cycle of that for so long before I was just like, I am not taking that unless I like have to go do something really important and I need to like 
mentally prepare myself to be constipated for the next week. <laughs> yeah. Like, medication should not mess you up that bad. That's the thing. Like, it's supposed no. to help you. Right. And so when it doesn't do, like, when it just completely throws your body into such a whirlwind, whirlwind like, it, like, I always question, like, what exactly are these doctors asking to determine, like, how are they figuring out that I need this? Like, they're obviously right. not asking the right questions. Right. And that's so interesting you say that because Jay's um, younger brother is uh, at college now, at, like, a really good college um, training to be a doctor and I had I had done a podcast with him like a few months ago but he was talking was he, at, he is at Brown right or at Yale he's at Yale yeah, Yale yeah he and yeah he was saying he was like you know like doctors were never trained to ask the right questions they have like a very vague checklist of yes or no questions where they don't let the patient speak and like give open-ended answers so that if you don't fit inside their little checkbox like they give up on you and they just medicate you with whatever. And he was like, where we are now, like, we have to practice, like, so much of asking open-ended questions so that you talk. Like, I want you to talk and tell me what's going on. And I was like, that's yeah. awesome. Because, <laughs> like, I totally get that. I feel like when I go to the doctor, they're, like, very short. It's a very short visit. And they ask, like, two, three questions. They're like, okay, here you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the prescription gets written and that's it. Off you go. Yes. Yeah. That's right. It's really good to hear that that's the direction they're taking, though, because I feel like, yeah, the generation that we're used to for doctors, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. Like, they don't, you know, there's not a lot of talking on our end involved. (laughs) Right. I know. And then it's, it's funny, too, because I feel like sometimes, not with my gastro now, but like some of the other doctors I've seen about like other things, like when I try to talk to them like oh you know like I really experienced this and then this happened and then this happened they're just like are you done like are you done bitching like and I'm like I'm sorry I waited six months for this appointment I'm gonna tell you everything <laughs> your memes with those ones oh my god they kill me because they're so relatable I like they literally want you in and out in like five minutes and I'm like I waited so long to see you I'm going to sit here for as long as I can like yes like listen to me damn it yeah (laughs) I know god forbid I want to tell my doctor what's going on like I know like I don't like I said like I have a hard time just like my doctor my main doctor she knows I have IBS but I don't talk to her about the symptoms or anything like I gave up on them and it and it's sad because like I developed a mistrust for Mm. like family doctors when it comes to my IBS because I just had such a horrible experience going through the amount of doctors that I did to finally get diagnosed and in that process I became my own advocate because I realized like nobody's going to watch out for me and like nobody here is actually asking the right questions or figuring out what's going on with me so I'm going to do it I'm going to ask for the tests and like demand answers but that took like such a long process and I walked in not knowing what that experience would be like. And so many other people do. Like so many people that are, you know, have yet to be diagnosed or don't really understand what's going on with your body right now. Like I can just imagine how similar their stories would be to ours Mm -hmm. because you walk in really naively thinking like, yeah, a doctor is going to help me. And because IBS is so hard to diagnose, it's like process of elimination versus an actual test. Right. Like, 
not every experience is a pleasant one in terms of a doctor that will really advocate for you and say like, yeah, you need colonoscopy, you need blood work, you, we need to test you for celiac, we need to do all that to eliminate what you have. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think it's just, it's sad, but I'm I'm hopeful that we're going to head, especially when you, you mentioned things like Jay's brother heading into a direction where they're asking questions about diagnosis mm-hmm. and like, asking those open ended questions, it makes me hopeful that we'll eventually get to a place where that gets, you know, that's done properly eventually. Right. No, yeah, completely agree. And it's, it's crazy. It's so funny because, like, when I talked to Matt last week, we had that same conversation. I asked him, I'm like, you know, what was your process like? Like, was it a nightmare? Because I just expect everyone had a nightmare. Like yeah. I did, or you did. Same. And he was yeah. like, no, I went to my first gastro and she was amazing. And I was like, what (laughs) what's that like (laughs) yeah Uh, I know Uh, and also what's their contact information (laughs) yeah honestly like do they do telehealth (laughs) I need an appointment Uh, I know and it's so like you posted that post the other day that was like I wish I could go back in time and just tell them no I wish I could tell them like you know I wish I had more of like a backbone back then I wish I knew what I was talking about and all that stuff and I think that was such an important post because I would do the same thing and I feel like also when I was diagnosed I was a lot younger and I didn't really have a voice and I was like mom tell him what to say but like now I when I go into doctor's visits and maybe this is bad but I go in and give myself a pep talk like we're gonna be a bitch today like we're gonna be a straight (laughs) bitch like and tell him how it is because I feel like and it's bad that you have to go in like that and be like I'm going to be a freaking bitch to this person so they take me seriously yeah like yeah it shouldn't you have, have to, to be, be okay like. with saying no like and like challenging doctors and that that itself is very hard yeah especially when you're young like that's so freaking hard you don't even have a voice to be able to say look <laughs> i know and i feel like i get a lot of messages from like young girls that are you know yeah. like anywhere from 13 to 17 they're like i just got newly diagnosed and i'm like i like Clear, like like you said, when you're first diagnosed off the bat, you're a little naive because you don't really know. Like, you trust your doctor to tell you everything about this and the next steps. Like, how are you supposed to know? But then, yeah. even when you're that young, like, you're usually not that upfront, or at least I wasn't. You're not that upfront no, with people. I wasn't. And so, like, it's just, like, it breaks my heart. I just want to tell them, like, you know, you have to be like a hard ass. <laughs> yeah. You really do have to advocate for yourself, like you said. Yeah, and if you can't, like, get a parent to, because I think, like, that's everything. It's everything in terms of shaping your journey with this disorder, really any disorder, is if you don't have a doctor who will properly treat you, it can send your body into a whirlwind, Mm -hmm. like, and that's the scary part, like, IBS, like relative to so many other things, there's so many other things that are so much more serious. And like, if we're taking a look at it holistically, yeah, it's not like, it's not life threatening, but over time, it really has the ability to do damage to your body and the symptoms on a day-to-day basis really Mm -hmm. interrupt your quality of life. And so it is important to get it on top of it really early, because if you don't, it can really just affect your whole like your day-to-day and your outlook on life right like 
I think that's when my anxiety really hit its peak is during that period. And then since then, it's been about managing my anxiety so my IBS doesn't get out of whack and, and like vice versa, right. you know, 100%. like it's such a crazy, crazy thing. And so like, yeah, that like breaks my heart. And I, I get those messages too, not nearly as much as you do, but it does. Like it, it totally kills me because I look back to my younger self and I'm like, man, like, I wish these girls had someone or really anyone to like speak up for them to say like, look, this may not be IBS, but it's something and I need you right. to figure out what it is. Right. You know, definitely. I know a lot of, a lot of doctors will just be like, here's your drugs. <laughs> exactly. I know it's really sad. And I, I'm sure you get these messages too of girls that it's just, and even like people comment on our posts all the time. That's just like, Oh yeah, my doctor just told me it's stress. So I just have to... You probably get that so much. Like, I just have like to manage my the, stress. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm stressed because I feel like I'm going to shit myself every five seconds. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it is stress. It's stress. I'm stressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, you're stressing me out. Yeah, like, I got to <laughs> like, go. <laughs> uh, it's so crazy. I know. It and, is. And it's just like, you gotta, like, we just gotta laugh at it. Like, we're doing it yeah. right now. It's just like... <laughs> Honestly, I... Okay, so that, like... Like, so I was thinking back to when you and I first started talking, and I was trying to pinpoint it. Um, do you remember? So um, I literally scrolled all the way back to our messages, because I, I dead ass was just like, I don't even know how this friendship started. I feel like I've just known you. <laughs> Like forever. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I um like for me, and you're gonna think this is so like corny, but oh, I, I remember when I first started like my page, I was really trying to look for a direction. Like I knew like and this has always remained the same for me, which I'm glad it has, is like the reason I do it is because I want to make if I've even affected some someone's life and making them feel less alone I feel like I've done my then it's worth mm-hmm. like all the content and everything I, I write but I remember when I first started I was trying to figure out a direction I remember coming across your page and being like oh shoot like she gets it like <laughs> she gets it like I was like oh like she's inside my head but like you made it funny so I was That's like so this is what the world needs especially people that are struggling with it and so I remember I reposted one of your um, memes. I remember the one it was. Do you, do you remember the one with the gorilla and you were like uh, me like 30 seconds after or five minutes after I've eaten like a meal? Do you, I don't know if you remember that I don't that remember meme. that one. It's like a gorilla with like a huge bloated stomach. <laughs> so it's like, see, I can't even. It's so funny. <laughs> But I reposted and I take because I messaged you. I was like, can I repost this or I tagged you in it? And I think like I think that's kind of where it really started for me because mm-hmm. I would go to your page and be like, yeah, like I needed this today because <laughs> I started the page and then uh like not even a month later, like 
how it worked for me is I've gone through like a remission stage when I had my kids. So when I was nursing and then when I was pregnant with them, which is amazing because I could eat all the things and I didn't have any symptoms. Yeah. And that's when I decided, decided to start my page. And then two weeks later I stopped nursing and all of the symptoms came back. Really? Like, like they had never, like I couldn't leave my house for two weeks. That is interesting. And so I remember going through all your memes and being like, man like yeah <laughs> jeez like this is exactly what that's exactly what happened to me today like <laughs> you so have funny. this amazing way of getting inside people's heads with this disorder but making it really funny so that Aww. we have a minute to laugh at ourselves because thank we you. need it thank you i feel oh like my God. this yeah. has literally just been 13 years of pent-up like bad attitude that i'm just <laughs> like i gotta put it somewhere <laughs> Like, hating it, yeah. Like, hating life. Because especially, I feel like I, I don't know. Every time I think of, like, my IBS and, like, my pent-up frustrations, like, I know we just, like, very quickly, before we even started the podcast officially, we just talked about how, like, you know, you had a bad day the other day, and you were like, and you know, I took it out on Ryan, and, Mm -hmm. like, I am the queen, like, I'm, and I hate it, but I am the queen of taking out my, like, sickness and, like, my sadness with my sickness on like Jay now but I know that like that's kind of unfortunately been a pattern in my past relationships because they're always the people I'm closest to it's like my boyfriend yeah, it's the people you love yeah and like I I just remember I'd constantly be complaining it would affect our relationship and like everything and they like every boyfriend would be like you need to find a way to cope with this <laughs> and I was like, you're right, but I don't know what that is. And then, like, I think last year, Jay and I had, like, a fight about it or something. I was like, I'm just going to start an Instagram account. I'll be my only follower. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> and, like, that's how it came to be. So it's just, like, literally years of, like, pent-up frustration and, like, bitchy and thoughts. Like 20, almost 20,000 followers later. It's incredible. I, I, like, can't believe it sometimes. I'm oh, just I like, can. what happened? <laughs> <laughs> totally so... I can oh man and it doesn't st- I don't think it's gonna even come close to stopping there for you uh, it's like so crazy to me I'm just like where did oh. you all come from <laughs> <laughs> there's so many of us uh, I know it's like sad at the same time it's like yeah. wow all you know 19,000 of you get this that's horrible <laughs> yeah I don't like that like, it's true yeah like it's yeah. just crazy like it's because it, the other thing about this is like there's like a stigma attached to it where people don't or aren't open enough to, don't feel comfortable enough to talk about it um, because they don't have a support system the proper support system around them or whatever and that's where your page like is such uh, like for me it, my experience is it's such a comfort because like you have to be able to laugh at this in order to kind of endure it and if you don't it's like you can drive yourself insane but like your page is a reminder like it's it's going to be okay and sometimes it's just about laughing at the mm-hmm. things that drive you absolutely insane or so hard to cope with oh thank you for saying that <laughs> i'm so glad it comes across that way it does oh god you're just so freaking funny oh <laughs> god thank you <laughs> i know but i like i feel like when I look at your page, like, your, I love your page because it's, it's like a mix of things. It's, mm. it's like everything that has to do with IBS. It's about, like, your family life. 
It's about being married. It's about the foods you eat, your coping mechanisms. Like, you go there and you literally find out, like, everything. You get advice on everything. And, like, and also just the aesthetic of your page. Like, I'm like, like, I just breathe. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. (laughs) But just the tone, just the tone you write into in your captions. And it's always so well thought out and, like, I read them and like like it hurts my heart sometimes like I'm just like like I feel that way like what like you just said yeah like like, you connect to my stuff like I connect to your stuff well thank you Mm -hmm. that's the whole thing though is like that's what I constantly like aim at is trying to make sure I'm like relating to people that go through this like to make people feel less alone Mm -hmm. you know and that's always what it comes like what I bring it back to on the days that I like run out of like creative energy is like what would I do in this situation like I try and constantly put myself back because my symptoms have been really good for the most part for the last couple months minus like a couple flares but not nearly as bad as it used to be it used to be like every other day okay and so that change like I because I'm able to manage it better it's great but like I also don't want to forget what it's really like to be in the thick of it because when you're in it like you're in it it's very hard to see out of it Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and it's a struggle right like I always want to make sure I'm like connecting to like the followers because that's the most important thing for me is like being able to make them feel even just a little bit better Mm -hmm. and you do that with humor so well and so for me I'm still like I try and hit it on different like like recipes I hope that helps or like you're not alone if you're managing a family or if you're working and doing this you know yeah it's a struggle yeah I know I feel like a lot of the questions I get from followers is like how do you work like how do you like function Mm -hmm. normally And I feel like I've talked about it a few times, but, like, you're on a whole different level because (laughs) not only do you work, but then at the end of the day, you're not done working. You have kids to come home to. You're a mom. I have two jobs, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so can you, like, talk about that and how, you like, what helps you and your journey through all of that? Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) Where to begin? (laughs) I am no, I'm not perfect at this. Like, I feel like I need to say that first. Like, I'm not anywhere close to perfect at that like I think I've just really um like found things that have worked me and really like grasped onto them Mm -hmm. so like for me the thing that I know I always need is sleep because if I don't have the sleep I need everything else just kind of gets thrown like I'm not one of those people that can sleep well like sleep for five hours and function normally like right today I, I told you like I was up so early um Ryan knows like I need to go back and have a nap in order to be okay the rest of the day but um I don't know like the kids like having two kids two young kids that's kind of evolving and I'm learning how's how how to do it as I go but like it's it hasn't been easy like when I was going through that um 
coming out of remission phase with the IBS symptoms and I had like really, really bad flares. Like my days sometimes would look like one of my kids being on my nap, being on my lap while I'm experiencing a flare and the other one being on the floor, both of them wanting things for me and just having to deal with it. And so you just, you, you just have to get through it. And I think that's the thing that I focus on the most. Um, the biggest thing for me, well, really there's two things that really helped me, especially through that period is I started like, I'm not like athletic in any way. I can run maybe three K. <laughs> like, I can't even do that. So God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> um, with breaks in between, like, <laughs> yeah. um, but for me, I really got so much out of working out to the point where like I don't enjoy it like I'll be completely honest I don't necessarily love going to the gym but I love what it does for my body afterwards it seems to like release all this anxiety and stress and tension and it just gets my my digestive tract moving Mm -hmm. and so I forced myself to go three days a week okay and that became a lifestyle for me and then so now that things are closed I like right now I'm doing um like I'm on a program, like a six week program where, okay. you know, I still keep up with the three day workout, three times a week workouts and all that. So for me, I have to keep up with that in order to control my symptoms or keep them at bay. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is like, and this has been a journey too, is a probiotic for me has really, really helped, but that's taken eight years for me to find the right one. And like so much research, like I can't even tell you the amount of research I've done. It's insane. Talked to all the doctor, doctors, naturopaths, like looked at universities, case studies to figure out what the results were. And like, you know, like I really went in depth with it. Um, But that took a long time. Like for the most part, I would say... Like, I got good at talking to people about it, which I never was. Mm-hmm. Like, at the beginning for you, were you open with people and being like, yeah, I poop my pants? Absolutely if I not. Eat this. Absolutely not. I feel like yeah. that is very, like, recent. <laughs> yeah, same. And I think that that itself is a journey. Like, the one thing I would say is I become my own health advocate. So, like, you know, I'm okay saying to someone now, yeah, I can't meet you at that place mm-hmm. like this is pre-covid of course i can't meet you at that place because they don't have anything on the menu i can eat mm-hmm. good for or, you i feel like i still can't do that i'm like okay yeah like i'll meet you there and i'll find something like i'm still like <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like water all night yeah no that's it even that hurts my stomach <laughs> <laughs> so crazy yeah but i like it's still for me the balance at work um i tell most people like if i don't say i have ibs i say i have food aversions that affect my stomach and Mm. my stomach can have a lot of reactions the tricky thing is like balancing all those things while you're going through flares like that's the hardest thing so I like it's not easy because you can experience a flare at the most inconvenient of times and then have to spend your mental energy navigating around like how do I do this when I'm in the washroom or how can I interrupt this meeting when I need to go to the washroom and instead of like focusing on what's in front of you so I've learned that that part's never going to be easy but I've been I've become really good at being 
good like being good to myself yeah and and letting that stuff go so if I you know have to step out of something a commitment that I've made and I you know normally I would have beat myself up over that I've gotten really good at letting that go mm-hmm. um and I've gotten gotten really good at not being a superstar mom during those moments like if my kids are on my lap while I'm like almost crying and trying to hold it together so they don't see it that's okay yeah and if I spend the rest of the evening and better in the washroom mm-hmm. once Ryan gets home that's okay too I would say like it's not a perfect system for me but i become really good at like knowing that this isn't going to be a perfect journey but that like self-love is important Mm -hmm. and really like listening to what my body needs is it becomes the priority over everything because if I do that I'm able to do all the other roles in my life which is being a mom and working um and being a good wife too like you know I I'm married to someone who's my best friend and so he understands like he understands all of this. He's seen all of it. And so he knows when I'm not good and he doesn't make a big deal out of it. He just understands and lets things happen the way that they do sometimes. And he mm-hmm. fills in when he needs to. So I'm, I'm lucky that I have that amount of support. And I think that, you know, that's really huge too, is like having a good support system is everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's not perfect. <laughs> like no, by no means am I perfect. I've just figured out some things that work. I feel yeah. like you just hit on so many important things that I'm, like, trying to keep track of them in my head because I want to ask so many more questions about each, like, segment. <laughs> and I'm, like, slowly, like, forgetting them as, like, more information know, comes in. Like, no, 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 not at all. I, I just, like, suck at <laughs> keeping my mind organized. But Oh, same. <laughs> I think it's really important that you're saying, you know, like, I, I learned to let things go because... Mm-hmm. I am, I'm still not at that stage. I beat myself up every day over the mm-hmm. dumbest crap. Like, dumb. So dumb. No one cares. Like, but yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm the worst person. That was so embarrassing. Like, what, like, you know, and then I end up hating my body and everything. And I remember you went live with Jonathan from Food Challenge Guy. Yeah. Yeah. The other week. And you said, like, give yourself grace. And that literally has been, like, stuck in my head since. Like, I'm, like, I legitimately need to get that, like, tattooed across my arm and just stare <laughs> at it all day. Like, we'll get matching ones, okay? I'm so down. <laughs> like, my mantra. <laughs> yeah. I'm so down. But, like, I okay, thought that done. was such an important quote. And just, like, the way you explained it on the live was, like, very similar to what you just said. Now it's just, like, learning to let things go and, like, learning to, like, if you need something, you have to take care of yourself so that the rest of your life can then flow properly after and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I just think that's so important. I'm glad but you I, said like, that. But, I, you know, like, speaking to, like, I'm not perfect, like, it took a lot of hard lessons for me to get to that stage, you know, because I'm – you and I are so similar with so many <laughs> things. Like, I am the worst, like, the hardest on myself, the hardest – And I think that some people perceive that as ambitious because I'm constantly striving to be better. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure in some air, like some ways it is, but it also is your worst mental energy, like your worst mental, like it just occupies so much of your mind space. Right. Yep. And like, I just, I think, you know, for me, the breaking point is when I had kids, like I, my kids like removed 
you know, how I feel from the equation. They deserve the best mom they could have. And so my job is to figure out how to do that. And so I got to a place where like, it's not gonna be perfect, but like, I can't, I can't be focusing on things that take up space that really should be occupied with like, you know, spending time with them and like being really connected with them. Mm -hmm. And so that's where like the give yourself grace thing. I think for me, part of it comes in is because I'm not perfect, but like I, I try, try damn hard to like be the, the best in a lot of different areas that I, or whatever areas I can be. And so I need to be able to let some things go, but I can so relate to that like mentality. Oh my gosh. Like that just, that has been such a huge part of my mm-hmm. journey is like getting caught in those things where you're like you I remember my my best friend's 30th birthday I had to leave an hour in and I was so angry at myself but I couldn't get out of the bathroom yeah. and so she, we had all we had this huge thing for her and like I had helped with it and I had to leave and I probably dwelled on that for like months and made that yeah. the topic of conversation between her and I for months because I was constantly looking for validation that she didn't like hate me. Right. <laughs> right. But I could have, I look back on that. I could have been like, you know, having meaningful conversations with her doing like making memories with her as opposed to worrying about all that. Right. And so that's the thing, but that's taken me like literally years to learn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. I feel like, there are so many times like something similar has happened with me. I'm either out with friends or I can't tell you the amount of date nights I've been on with Jay where like we'll be at a restaurant and it's almost like my anxiety gets the best of me and then it triggers mm-hmm. everything else. And then I'm like, like, we have to go like and I'll be like in the middle of dinner. I'm like, no, we like actually have to get the fuck out of here because I'm done. Yeah. And then yeah. like I'll come home and I'll cry and cry and cry. And I'm I'm because you're like, so disappointed in yourself. Yeah. And then and then I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I'm such like a bad girlfriend. I'm crying to him. I'm like, I'm so sorry. You have to deal with this. Like it's not fair. And he's like, I don't think you understand that. Like this stuff doesn't phase me. Like you're the one that's in pain. I just want you to be okay. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, I suck. And like, you should break up with me. And he's amazing. <laughs> but You're yeah. You're the cutest ever. Oh, We have so our moments, true. don't worry. <laughs> Where we're not cute. <laughs> but even, even like you were saying with friends, like there have been times, like we've been planning to hang out for so long and I'll go and then something happens and I have to leave. And then I like, I also overanalyze like how I left. I'm like, was I acting weird? Like, was I really fucking weird when I left? I'm so sorry if yeah, I was they weird. They think you were cold and like didn't care. Like, right? And and yeah. it's it's such like a mind game, like you said. It's exhausting. It's exhausting that like anxiety is a hard thing to control, though. It's a hard thing to get a harness on. It really is. Yeah. Like, it can get the best of you, and it's a, a tricky thing to like try and manage it. Like I. Oh, it's been such a journey for me. Like the one, the other thing that's really helped, and maybe this will, like some people will be able to relate to it, but after um, my second, like my little boy, who's uh, 20 months now, 21, 21 months, I have like a lot of anxiety associated with sleep and stuff. Mm-hmm. So if I don't sleep properly, that affects me, but I can, I have anxiety going to sleep, so I have a hard time going to sleep. But I, 
started doing like taking CBD oil okay. after him because I had such a hard time with my daughter that I was like, I'm not going to put myself through it. And I'm just going to figure out a way to like, to control that anxiety so that I can be okay to function. And so, you know, I'm on, I'm on that regularly at night and it's completely changed how I sleep. Okay. But sometimes like you do have to like be able to say, yeah, I need something. I need something to help. And so for me, that was it. I think like the day-to-day normal anxiety that I can experience, like I think for me it was like working out has played a huge role, but everybody's different and it affects yeah. everyone differently, right? Yeah. And for some people it can be like really intense and some people it won't be as intense. So it's just like, it's such a tricky thing to fr- navigate what works for you. And I think that that's a journey in itself. For sure. Yeah. And I wanted to go back to like you working out as like a coping mechanism because I feel like even that is so different from person to person. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. It's it's like a thing that exercise helps manage stress and anxiety and stuff. It always like it releases whatever and I don't know. I'm not athletic, like I said, like I don't yeah. know shit. But <laughs> but um you know, like and I feel like Jay and I have that conversation we literally had it like an hour ago when I was supposed to be oh, talking no to you and I wasn't <laughs> because I messed up the time zone. Um, he was literally like, like I was complaining to him that I wasn't feeling well today again. And he was like, you have to start working out. Like, this is crazy. And, and I was like, I understand. I probably should work out. But for me, like, it probably helps my anxiety. But also, like, like you said, it helps, like, keeps things, like, flowing with your digestion digestion mm-hmm. as well for me I feel like after I have a really intense workout or something I'm in the bathroom the whole rest of the night mm-hmm. like it's like a laxative for me it can, yeah right and so that's where it's like like you really have to figure out what works because it mm-hmm. like I yeah like I can I've been through phases of that too where it's like no yeah like, I can't. but I know I have no. so many like followers too that like they like like they rely on exercising too as like their coping mechanism it really helps them and everything but then I get messages of like well what kind of workouts should I be doing and I'm like I don't know because I don't do it but like what do you do that helps you like are you running are you doing yoga Uh, no I do like hit exercise which is intense um I build myself up over a year to get to that point but for me, I like I like what works best for my body. I should say not necessarily that I like it, but what my body responds to well is like a hard workout where I like sweat it all out. It okay. seems to just at the end of it, it's like the releasing of endorphins, but it's also it just seems to get things flowing the way they should. Okay. But like in the past, I used to run, and it did exactly what you just said. So it's so interesting. Like it just brings it back to like it's different for everyone and you really yeah. got to listen to your body. You, you have to get really good at understanding what your body is telling you and that mm-hmm. takes time. But I'd say like if, if something's hurting and something's acting up, figure out, try and figure out like, is it because I, I did something recently? Sometimes you're not going to have the answer and be like, yeah, I haven't eaten in two days and I'm having a flare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should fix that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I do intense workouts because that seems to be what works. Gotcha. It's funny, like, 
at the gym, they know me really well because I'm there so often. And they're like, you're like the quickest work person to work out. Like you're in and out in like 40 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't want to be there. I'm trying to <laughs> like, get the hell out. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, no part of me wants to be at the gym. Like I'm not a happy person being right. at the gym. Right. I put on a, like a podcast or whatever to keep me distracted. Yep. So I don't absolutely hate it. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that's so funny because... I, I actually was very athletic until, like... Yeah, you were a cheerleader, right? As a dancer, pretty much the same thing. A dancer, thing. sorry. Same thing. But, um, <laughs> although cheerleaders don't come at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a dancer, and I, I, like, I was a pretty serious, like, dancer, like, before I went to college. And then I went to college, and I, like, kind of danced, and now I literally do nothing. Like, I'm the yeah. laziest... POS ever but like I think back then dance used to help me and it would keep me moving keep things moving but now I feel like I've taken such a big break that every time I try to start again like I get sick and maybe it's yeah. not even that triggering it but I associate it I'm like oh well I worked oh, out today like yeah and yeah. so I don't I but I do think that like I would probably do what you do, like, more, like, hardcore, like, you're sweating, kind of, like, I can't run. Running is, like, I'd rather die. I'd rather just croak, (laughs) like, kill me right then and there. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just don't, like, I find the same thing. It's funny that you say that, like, it can get things moving too quickly for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. No. It's actually funny. I probably shouldn't say this. It's not my story, but... Jay, <laughs> there was one time Jay was, like, training for a half marathon or something, and yeah. he hadn't, like, he wasn't as in shape as he used to be or, like, whatever, so he was, there was, like, one day he was, like, I'm just gonna run, like, for so long, I was, like, that's a bad idea, and he's, like, oh, whatever, blah, 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 rest of the night, bathroom, just in the bathroom, I'm, like, I told like, you. Now you know. Yeah. <laughs> now you feel my pain, and I told you so. <laughs> Yeah. So crazy what her bodies do. It's insane. Like, I know. It's just crazy. I know. Like, I just think about, you know, the journey that, like, I've, I've been on. And, and it took me, like, eight years to get to a point where I'm like, I think I'm managing it. And a lot of guts. Like, if I always think about, like, what would I tell people who are first starting off this journey? Like, I spend a lot of time in that headspace. And one thing I've learned when it comes to, like, telling people, you know, like, I'm not feeling well or whatever, people are always scared to say it. So instead, they just, like, make a swift exit or, Mm -hmm. like, do everything to avoid it. It's, like, get on the other side of that fear. And that advice was given to me by a good friend who, like, was so right. Like, it's not as scary as you think it is to tell someone, like, "I I have IBS, like, I have IBS and I react to things. So if I have to like go to the washroom and spend 30 minutes in there, that's why. Or if I have to go home and like not finish a meal and kind of leave you hanging, it's because of IBS and that's why. Like people want to hear that versus not know why all of a sudden you've left or why all of a sudden you've had to change plans or cancel plans. Mm -hmm. And once you start to have those conversations, it gets a lot easier over time. And that's one thing I've noticed. Like you said, you're still on that like journey of figuring it out. And I think for me, it took a lot of that. Like it's so much of that 
to a point where now I like I'll t- I'll tell anyone that will listen. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's so fun. I feel like this account has given me a lot of confidence to be more yeah. outspoken about it and. Like, I never, I never told anyone I had this account except Jay. And just somehow people started finding it or, like, I don't, I literally don't, my work got exposed to it because I've talked about this before, like, in a different podcast or something, but. Yeah, I remember. Like, one of my coworkers found it and told another coworker and they all started following, I didn't even notice that they started following me. And then, like, one day my now boss was in a meeting and she just openly like brought it up on the screen to show my CEO that I was good at social media. I was like, (laughs) I'm going to throw myself in the lake. Like, bye. I gotta go. (laughs) But now that like people know and, and like, I feel like I talk about it so often now, like, which is on Instagram, I feel a lot more confident talking about it to other Mm -hmm. people. And you're so right when you say, it's probably better to just tell people the truth and what's going on because there I can't tell you how many times I probably have just left from something like an Irish goodbye and was just like don't look yeah. at me yeah like and they were like what the fuck like is it me is it something I yeah. did and I'm like no yeah. it's actually me and like I didn't want to tell you because it's nasty but like yeah if you just yeah. tell them they would probably understand. Yeah, they get it more than, like, not telling them and being left guessing, right? Yeah. And they don't really care that you poop your pants. Everyone, okay, this is a PSA, just putting it out there. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay. Everyone poos. Everyone. <laughs> There's a book. <laughs> There's not a single everyone. human on this planet that does not poo. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know why it's so, like, hard for us. To talk we know, about. to wrap our heads around that. And it's so funny because I, I've noticed now that, like, friends that have found or coworkers that have found my account, like, they'll come up to me and just be like, hey, can I, like, talk to you about, like, an issue? And I'm like, yeah. Like, let's hear it. Like, <laughs> so, it's just, yeah, when somebody finds out that another person has an issue, it's like they're more open to talk about it. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, it's, it's so funny how you say that, like so many people start talking about there's it's such a common thing like in Mm -hmm. every different area of my life I know at least one person that has it yep I know it's crazy and the the reason people talk to like Ryan will be like oh hey like you remember my friend from like five years ago and I'd be like yeah yeah how are they they're like oh well his wife wanted to let you know she goes to your blog and she really likes it (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. So that, like, but that's the stuff is you, you get people to feel like they have someone to relate to or at yeah. least, like, they can start that conversation. And I think that that's so empowering. Like, yep. how incredible is that, that, like, you're starting conversations that probably wouldn't have happened if you, you hadn't started your account, right? Like, right. I mean, yeah, for back you, at like, you, obviously. This is happening to you, too. So. Yeah. That's crazy. And like you do it in such a good way because you make you make light of it so people are comfortable talking about it. You know, it's funny. So people can joke about it and be like, okay, this is not as serious <laughs> or it doesn't have to be in serious in every single experience for me right. to feel so uncomfortable, like to keep it to myself. Like right. other people are going through it. Right. I mean it makes it normal. 
For sure. And I think sometimes, though, I get, like, a little, like, too crazy in that. And, like... No, you don't. I feel like sometimes I need to be more, like, serious about it. And, like... But I think that's what, like... And, like, I've told you this myself. I feel like your account and the way you speak about it and everything, like, you're, like, the very nurturing, I understand you, like, I'm here for you type of person. And, like, I literally told you, I'm like, I think of you as my mom sometimes. Like, I'm like, I need to, like, come talk to you. You're really young mom, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Looks like my sister. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, like, you have a very nurturing side of it where, like, I feel like people would just, like, want to come up to you and talk to you about it because they're, like, she's so nice. She's going to understand. Like, like I don't It's just, like, the tone you have about it. Like, you take it seriously, and then you're, like, but I understand you. It's scary. It's crazy. It's this. It's that. And, like, and then you give your personal side of it so that they can relate to you even more. So I think you do, like, a really good job with Thank you. doing that. I think, like, so you say, you like, you're – too intense on that side or whatever you know where your balance comes in and you're not people need this humor I'm telling you it's like it, it does things for people like I don't know how to <laughs> I it love that does. description like, like my how I found your page and was like oh my gosh like she's in my head uh-huh. um your stories I can't like tell you how much your vulnerability how empowering that is for people like I know for me but also like Jonathan and I have talked about we're like she's just amazing oh, like I'm gonna cry. Like, I don't know how she does it like you have this ability to like completely um be open and sharing like the worst moments like the wor- the moments in your car when you're on lunch break and it's just a complete gong show and you just want to survive the day and somehow you always do which I don't know how you freaking do it. I don't know either. <laughs> like those moments, people need to see that. And I don't think you realize that as much, but like that reminds people that they're human and that it's okay because they're seeing someone else go through the same thing. All the same things that they do privately, you provide this platform to make it okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, and then on top of that, you have that balance of humor to like make it so it's not as stressful. And Aww. it's just crazy, like that dynamic. Aww. It's just insane. Thank like you. you've found this like really sweet spot to be able to speak to an audience and balance both of those things, which is just so rare. And which is it speaks to your following, right? Oh well, thank you. And oh, it's so true. I feel like like even last night I posted a story about how I've been like having a really hard time with what I'm thinking might be endometriosis this week, and yeah, like I feel like every day. I've, like, come on my story and just, like, whined about it. And then, like, even last night I posted something. I was like, do y'all care? (laughs) Should I stop? (laughs) Is anyone here still? Um, But, that like, that just means a lot to me because, like, sometimes I get on there and I'm like, maybe I should just, like, just provide funnies. Like, that's all people want. That's all they're here for. Like, they don't care. No, people definitely don't want just that. They They want, like, you, which is what you're giving them, which is amazing. Very hard for a lot of people to do that. Like I even struggle with how open should I be? I know, and I I I have that conversation with myself a lot too. Like even when I was posting last night, because I was 
I was having like weird issues last night where like apparently it's very common with people that have endometriosis you get like really bad like rectal pain but like I was like Mm -hmm. how do I come on here and say that my butthole hurts without being like (laughs) a total creep (laughs) do I say that or not but But say it classy yeah yeah like how I think I even said I'm like there's no lady like manner to say this but like I'm about to give birth through my ass like I don't know what else to say like and I struggle with that sometimes where I'm like I'm just like imagine is this too much is this too much for the internet and like and I think it's a fault sometimes of mine too where I forget that like I don't want this to sound weird. Like I, but I do forget that sometimes I ta- I'm literally talking to so many people when I post those things. Like I still just think it's only Jay watching. I think it's just you watching. I think it's just Jonathan watching. And then like my coworkers will be like, so how's your ass? And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> Shoot. I forgot about that. <laughs> but thank you it's for such saying It's a weird thing. It's so I know. true. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, yours is amplified because your followers, you probably don't even know who's following you half the time. Like, yeah, I know who's following me, so, but then I don't, I, it's a struggle to, like, not let it change the authenticity of what the yeah. content you provide, because you're like, oh, they're going to know this about me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> crap. I know. Like, I know. Gonna, but even you. But I try and, like, push that aside. Yeah. Because I want to be, that's not my purpose for being here. Right. Like, at all. Right. It's not about that. It's completely to like make sure I'm like providing support to other people yeah. who really need it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's so weird. So weird. Uh, like uh, Monday morning coffee. How is your butthole? Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Oops. Um, so thanks. Yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that one. <laughs> you can see my update later. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I feel like your account has, like, exploded, though, like, in the past few months. You're, like... um, It's, like, a slow thing. Like, I, like, from the beginning, I've already always said, like, I'm not gonna promote or talk about things or, like, try and gain followers right. unauthentically. So, it's been slow, but for me, like, that's really what it's about, is the ones that do follow me are really engaged because yeah. they want and they want to talk and I want to talk to them like I want to get to know them and I want to understand what they're going through so I can you know hopefully just like even if it's just to provide like someone to talk to I'm happy to do that Mm -hmm. and it's also like my my recipes are completely geared towards like low FODMAP so if anyone does follow that they have a quick resource of things that they can whip up that are really easy. And a lot of the times it's ingredients that are already in your home. Yeah. So you're not like, Oh, I have to make this huge list and go out to the grocery store. It's just things you can make that literally take five to 10 minutes that you can enjoy and not worry about the effects of it. If, if that's what works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, I, you know, I, I hope it it's providing that and that's really what it's about. But I would say like my journey is like, different than yours in terms of your like yours blew up in such a short period of time like it was insane right I remember watching it for like a week and I was like oh she thought like when you remember when you hit the 10k mark and you were like over the moon and I remember I was so pumped for you I think we were messaging that night and you had a party or something yeah 
Yeah, I was And then, so that, it blew up. And then I remember, like, a week later, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's at 11. She's at 12. <laughs> like, she's at 13. I would tell Brian. I'd be like, she's, she's almost. So I was telling him I was doing this podcast, and he was like, oh, okay, is this the one that you, like, is this the one, the girl you always talk about? I'm like, yeah, she's almost at 20K. (laughs) I literally cannot (laughs) freaking wait for the day I get to meet you and Ryan in person, and, like, it's going to be so much fun. I hope so. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, man, it better happen. Yeah. I'm going to give you, like, the biggest hug. (laughs) I know. I've told you before, but, like, I'll sob. Like, I'll just break down and sob. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. I know Jay knows you by name now. He's like, "Oh, Julie." I'm like, "Yeah." I'm just talking to Julie. It's fine. He's like, "You talk like she's right here. She's not here." Yeah, I know. He's like, "Is she real?" I'm like, "Yeah, she's real." I promise. She's not a pretend friend, right? Exactly. That's so funny, though. So I know. Funny. I think it's just so. I don't like. I feel like for my account, it's different because I feel like. Okay, I'm, like, trying to find the right words because I always, like, self-deprecate to, like, <laughs> crazy extents. I'm trying not to do that. But, like, I feel like my accounts, it's just such a different layout. Like, people follow because they like jokes. Like, that's the main reason. They're, and I I've, I know that. Like, people follow because they like the jokes. That's what brings them there. And whether they watch me and my stories is a different thing. But I feel like your account, they're there for you. Like, you are the sole thing of your account, and they're there to see you, like, see what you're producing, see what you're saying, and, like, you're almost at 2,000 followers, and that's to, like, grow an an audience like that because they're attached to you and solely you is, like, very hard and very incredible. Like, it's just incredible that you can do that. That's so sweet. Thank you. I like who knows, they might just be there for the food. <laughs> Regardless, it's the food you made. They're like this girl is a chef. <laughs> looks amazing. But that is something I wanted to talk about. We're already over an hour and I literally feel like I could sit here oh and talk God, to you for crazy. literally five more hours. with you. <laughs> and I just want to make sure I hit on the things that I know like people want to hear about from you. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about your low FODMAP journey because I feel like people yeah. have crazy opinions on it mm-hmm. and this is something that has clearly worked for you and a lot of people yeah. always ask me about it. So if you could talk about like what your journey through it, how it helped you, how you got into it, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I got into it originally through the elimination diet because I didn't know what I was reacting to. So I figured it out and it, a lot of the stuff that I was having aversions to like certain raw vegetables, certain fruits, lots of stuff with fiber in it, red meat, dairy, Okay. all those things fall into the FODMAP group. So I saw that really like correlation and I was like, yeah, this has got to work for me. So over time, I just know, like I know what's FODMAP and not FODMAP okay. for the most part or what's low FODMAP and not. And so it's like ingrained into me, into my diet now of the things I stay away from. So for me, it's obviously like there's a group of, so what FODMAP is, it's different groups of foods that your digestive tract can react to. So there's a whole list of meats. So for the most part, red meat, 
for me, I have to completely stay away from. Um, dairy falls under that low FODMAP group where there's some cheeses you can eat, some you can't, and the same applies for vegetables and fruits. Okay. And so each of those reasons are different in why they fall into a low FODMAP group. And low FODMAP is what you want um, if you are following a FODMAP diet because you want something. It, low FODMAP means it's your digestive tract can handle it. People with digestive disorders or IBS. And so for me, like I just learned what works and what doesn't. Um, and I'm right now, at least for the most part, I'm permanently off of any high FODMAP things because that's what's working for me. And so a lot of people say like the elimination diet or FODMAP should just be a temporary thing. But for me, I've learned right now in order to manage my day-to-day life and to be able to cope with the balance of it all, it's better for me to just stay off the things that I know that I could possibly react to as opposed to slowly reintroducing them because I don't have the capacity now to deal with the reactions. Okay. I just don't. Right. So, um, yeah. So like things like avocado, I can't have, um, certain raw veggies. So like, uh, a lot of greens, I can't mm-hmm. have a lot of that's considered high FODMAP, uh, red meats, um, chicken, turkey is all good. Uh, there's a lot of dairy that I can't have, like, okay. like ice cream. I have not been able to have, and that's the thing. One of the things I miss the most along with red meat, but it, for me, it's become a lifestyle and it's become something that I've been able to manage. I'm able to just put together a recipe now without even like thinking twice about what I can and can't eat because I know it so well. But everyone's different. I feel like I really need to highlight this because this is, it's an important message, especially if you are just diagnosed or newly diagnosed. FODMAP is a personal decision uh, in combination with like your health practitioner. It has to make sense for you. It doesn't make sense for everyone, but it's really important to understand how it works with your body because for some people it's great. Mm-hmm. And for other people, FODMAP does not work. A FODMAP diet doesn't work. Right. So. Yeah, I feel like, I, and I, I feel like I've talked about like the low FODMAP diet a few times and I get like crucified every time. So I've like stayed away from it. I have, I personally have never tried it. Um, it yeah. wasn't even recommended ever to me. So I, I don't have an opinion of it because I've never done it. Um, yeah. But I know that there's been times where like, you know, someone will ask me, like, have you done it? And I'm like, no. And then I'll get messages that are like, why are you against it? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll get messages that are like, low FODMAP sucked. Don't do it. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, like you said, it's just different for everyone. And It's I, different for everyone. So it's so, I feel like that's <laughs> so important to highlight because there's a lot of, like, people that are pro uh, low FODMAP are really pro, but... Mm-hmm it has to be looked at from a holistic perspective because it doesn't, there is no proven science that it a hundred percent works for everyone. And that's really important for people to know. Okay. But it's, it's something that if you're interested in, like talk to your health practitioner because it's an option, but like it's, it has to be, it's in combination with the personal decision. For me, it was like, I need to stay in managing mode because if I'm down, like my, it affects my whole family. It affects my right. work life. Like I need to be like at the best that I can be. And so for me, like this is what works best for me. Right. So 
That's awesome. And I'm glad it did work for you. I'm glad you yeah, found that thing that like too. really helped you. So that's awesome. It's not perfect though. Like I, you know, I still have reactions every now and then because I probably because there's a little bit of something and something I hate. Mm-hmm. So when you like switched over, cause it is like a lifestyle now, when you switched over to this like new lifestyle, this new diet, like is your f- whole family eating like that now or is it just mainly you? <laughs> um, no, my family eats red meat. Right. They have, you know, ice cream, all the things. Of course. Um, no, Ryan's become real. like, he's so accommodating. He, like, I look back and I'm like, huh? I don't know how I'm, you know, how did I get that lucky? <laughs> right. He just cooks, he knows now what to cook. Okay. Um, cause he does the majority of the cooking out of the two of us. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I know. <laughs> he's so good. Um, but like he'll just make things and he knows what to put in them and what not to put in them. Wow. My kids will eat whatever, like they're really good eaters. So um, I'll make red meat. I'll make all the things for them and they all eat it. But Ryan's eaten a lot less meat, red Mm -hmm. meat since being like, since we've been married because he just can't enjoy a meal. Like both of us eating the same thing Mm -hmm. unless he's eating like something that's non red meat. He still does, but just not as much. Gotcha. Okay. And then I just had another question. I just left my mind. So I'm trying to bring it back. (laughs) (laughs) That happens to me all the time. I know. Especially since quarantine. I feel like my brain has just turned to mush. Like it's just like not functioning. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I was going to ask. Oh my God. Don't tell me I just forgot it again. Hold on. Just having a dumb moment. And it happens to me once a day, but that I I attribute it to mum brain. Yeah, you have a much better excuse than I do. I don't know. I don't think I do. I think you can only use that for like the first year postpartum, and then no. If your kids are under the age of like ten, like you can just keep using that. Like I okay, I'm going with that. (laughs) You've got years. Oh my god. What was it? Oh, okay. Dot, when you first, like, switched to low FODMAP, was it really hard to, like, I know you said you miss ice cream and, like, red meat, but, like, did you find it hard to, like, give up those things? No, for the most part, because the reaction was so painful. Mm. So, like, I associate that now. I associate pain with, like, ice cream or cheesecake or red meat. Like, when I was pregnant with my daughter, Riley, um I was so my doctor said like there's a good chance you you could go into remission like have you had any flares at all and I said no and she's like Julie just try red meat and on top of that I was having problems with iron my iron levels so she wanted me to like really pump up the iron in my diet so she's like I really want to push you to eat it because otherwise you're going to end up getting shots and like every week so I was like okay so I was so scared but um, I eventually brought it back into my diet and then obviously I had to get rid of it again once I stopped nursing. But for me, no, because I had been through so much physically. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about this too. The pain that I experienced with IBSD is so debilitating, like to the point where I, I fainted, I've thrown up. Like yeah. it, it is so, and I can, I feel like I can say this because I've experienced it for me it's a very, very close second to labor pains. Like it, it's a very thin margin. And I think I spoke about this on Jonathan's mm-hmm. uh, live. It's just so 
so awful that I don't ever want to eat anything that would cause that again. I avoid it at all costs. Right. So it wasn't that it wasn't that hard, but I miss it. Like I right. crave ice cream, especially like now that the weather's warmer. I'm like, oh, I would just yeah. kill to go out and get ice cream. Right. Like, it's such a summertime activity. Um, I feel like I remember a few months ago you had like a moment of like I don't want to say weakness it's not weakness but like you had a craving for ice cream I think you literally took like like one spoonful of it or something and you died like you just died and you were like I'm dying I did for like two days yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's crazy oh I know and that's the other thing is like I would normally beat myself up for that but I just kind of picked myself up and just was like, okay, you know, I'm not perfect. Right. There's a lot I can't eat. So the times I do do that, like, I just need to let it go and give myself grace. Right. <laughs> like, um, but, yeah, like, I, I do miss that stuff. Like, there's – I have, like, a chocolate obsession, and so milk chocolate is not the greatest uh, for me. Yeah. But I still, like, occasionally eat it and have reactions. Some things, like, it's just like, you know what? <laughs> this is worth it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every once in but, a while. See, I measure it. Like, milk chocolate is not as bad as a bowl full of ice cream for me. Yeah. Like, milk chocolate, I can handle. I, I'm nauseous. I don't feel great. And it probably doesn't end well a couple days later. But it's not, like, debilitating pain like ice cream would be. Right. Yeah. So, But I've learned that over the years, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, like, waiting for that to be my reality. And I'm thinking at this point, it might not because like I bet you like if I did try low FODMAP or something it would probably benefit me um but I think of all the things I would have to give up that probably hurt me every single day and I'm still just like eh (laughs) screw it it's so hard it's so hard Mm -hmm. because you don't know if it actually will and so that that process is it's just like there's no other way to say it it's not easy no I know none of it is I know that's why whenever I hear anyone has gone on it like that's why I was asking, I was like, was it hard for you? But I mean, it's, when you look at the bigger picture of it, like you did, and you're like, well, now I don't feel like crap all the time. It's easier yeah. to stick with it and have a positive attitude about it. But I'm very short term. I'm like, yeah, but I won't get that satisfaction of eating like whatever crap I want to eat. <laughs> yeah, it's, but I, I was the exact same way. I think like, probably what changed for me in my journey was kids, like, Mm-hmm. I need to be able to like it's not even an option for me anymore right. like and it's not it's not about maybe it's because it's not about me and like it became about them yeah and so I think that that maybe that was the maybe that was my saving grace is like having kids and like understanding for me that I wanted to be the best mom like and it really does is a driving force for me behind like why I work out and like I want Riley to see that I want Riley to grow up knowing that she has a mom that takes care of herself and like values that and so I don't know that I would have been like that (laughs) pre-Mondays right you know that's very true it's like such a different aspect for you you're doing it not just for yourself but for someone else and I'm still very like like I don't have anyone to look after except me and like yeah sometimes I like don't care about myself as much as I probably (laughs) should so I'm just like oh whatever you know um (laughs) the only people I have to take care of are my cats one of them has IBS he feels like it's so crazy (laughs) like how crazy is that when you think about it I'm like oh my god that's so ironic I I was like of course I adopted the cat that has IBS but at the same time maybe it's a good thing so I get him (laughs) I know Jay's so mad because we had to like switch him to like 
premium cat food that's like it's like I have to go through the vet to get it so it's like super expensive and he was like can we just keep him on the old food and we'll deal with like the diarrhea I'm like no because I feel his pain like yeah you know exactly like, what it's we like we can't switch him back <laughs> for your satisfaction he does not deserve IBS <laughs> I know and then like when he was like having like issues I was like I was crying because like I just felt so bad for him and she's like it's a cat he has diarrhea. It's going to oh be okay. I totally get that. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, does he have nausea? Is he cramping? Like, and Jay's like, you're psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I, like, need to know. But I get that. Like, if one of my kids gets this, and I hope to God they don't, like, I can't even think about that. I know. Like, I don't even want to imagine them having to struggle through that. Right. So I get it. Like, a cat is, like, basically, your, they're, like, your babies. Right. You know? Just for now. And I'm just, like, you can't even talk and tell me what's going on. So I'm just, like, oh, what do I do? But, uh, um, it's so funny, though. Like, how? What are the chances? Like, I know. I feel like that. I feel like that happened for a reason. I feel like, <laughs> you know, you adopted him because he needed an owner that understood it. Maybe. I know. I remember our vet was like, because yeah. our vet is like one of our friends, and she's like, "Listen, you're not gonna believe this, but Bean has IBS." And I'm like, "Is that like I didn't even know cats could have that?" And then I started talking about it on my Instagram, and I have followers that are like, "No, like dead ass, my cat has like IBD," and I'm like, "What the frig, like." <laughs> Like one of one of my followers that's like, like my what good friend. World does this happen? I know, like, and she's like, no, my cat has ulcerative colitis. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and like he's on medication for it. I'm like, that is so sad and so crazy. Like I know. It's so it's it's bad, but it's also like a funny. I know that, like, that is the world we live in. It's just <laughs> like, so crazy. So crazy. Uh, oh. Anyway, we're like at an hour and twenty minutes, so I just want to wrap it up. And I would love to have you again because I have like so many. I feel like I sent you so many questions, and we only got through some of them because oh. I, not that is not a bad thing. That's honestly a great thing because like this just flowed so well, and I feel like we got like very personal, and like that's what people want to hear. So I think that's like yeah. such a great thing. And so we can always have a part two. <laughs> Maybe have some <laughs> drinks next time. <laughs> and I'm so happy. Thank you so much for having me on. Like, I just so appreciate that. And anything to, like, support you in any capacity. Like, Aww. you know, I'm your girl always for that. I know. Right back um, at you. I hope you know that, too. Anything. Um, but seriously, thank you so much for having me on. It's been so nice. Like, I knew it would flow because you and I have always had that from the beginning. It's always been that way. Right. And I feel like out of anyone, really, that I've met through this community, like, you're, it. you're like, the number one for me. And you know that. I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to cry on this podcast. You're just so incredible, Christine. And, like, like, okay, guys, if you're listening to this, <laughs> the thing that I've learned most about her is, like, she'll be having an awful day. And I'll, I'll be like, yeah, no, I'm not feeling great. 
either. And you're like, oh no, like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like you have this empathy where you're, you're able to drop like anything that you're going through to understand what other people are. And I haven't met anyone else with the amount of empathy that you have. So like your, your followers are lucky to have you. They really are. And I hope you know that. Um, but I'm just so grateful that you had me on so we can actually do this face to face. I know. We, we do the videos and all the things like, but it's just so amazing to be able to actually talk to you. You know what I mean? I know. It's so different. And like, I, I, okay. So for you guys listening, like the other day, and this has to do with what you just talked about too, was like the other day I sent Julie like a bunch of messages in a row like like videos where I was just bitching and I was just like I'm having the worst day and Jay's about to get home and I don't want him to come home and I'm in so much pain and then Julie sends me back messages where she's like she's had a day like a day she's like she just got done crying and she's like oh my god like I'm so sorry you're having a bad day I'm like your like your mascara is at your chin, and you're telling me you're sad that I had a bad day. That's how I feel about you. Like, <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. But then I even was telling you, I'm like, I wish I could just Facetime you so we could quickly cry it out, and then it would be done. Like, I know, and then everyone would be okay. We wouldn't be mad at our partners, right? Like, I know. <laughs> like our own therapy session. <laughs> you just need it sometimes with someone. Honestly, you trust you really do. and you they just get need to it. know that someone else gets it. Yeah, and I, I literally like feel like I text you, like message you all the time on Instagram now. Like, anytime something's oh, going same. on, I'm like, all right, I gotta talk to Julie. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Like Ryan's like, who are you talking about? Who are you talking to? And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm talking to Christine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loading all my stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, give me a second. I promise. If I tell her about it and not you, it'll be a much better situation. <laughs> yeah. Like. So really, they should be thankful for us. You know? Yeah, really. So we have this friendship. I know. Yeah. But that's what, that's that. what's so like awesome about both of our accounts is we both created like little communities where people can like find those people and like I hope our followers do that with each other too. I hope that's happening. Same. And they're finding their Julies, their Christines, and they're just like every day, just like back and forth. Like I hate my life. I'm so sorry you hate your life. I hate my life too. Like, and you just like, yeah. find that. <laughs> That beautiful friendship. Yeah, I hope the same thing. I really do. I love the little community that I've formed, and I just hope it continues to grow. And that exactly what you said. And it's true, actually, Christine. Like Jonathan and I, like met technically, I guess, through you in some ways. And like we both like talk about how much we love you and like oh. all the things. So like it's funny. Like you have created just that. Oh, that like warms <laughs> my heart. I know. I I always try to share like everyone like anyone that's had a positive impact on my life I I like flood my stories and stuff with them because I just want everyone else to like I feel like I post you You every day and I'm just like everyone go like just go like (laughs) Jonathan too and Matt from gluten-free streaking like it's just like I I hope that people are making those connections and they for sure are they for sure and that will just continue yeah like it's just incredible but, so keep it up. <laughs> oh my god, you too. I hope you keep going too. Um, okay, I guess we'll wrap it. Is there anything else you want to say or no? Thank you so off? much for having me on. Of course. For sure. Of course. I'm Don't hang up though. Time. When I say goodbye to you, we'll talk after stop okay. recording. But, <laughs> okay. But okay. Um, anyone who's listening, thank you for being here. Thank you for watching or listening. Um, again, thank you, Julie, for being here and just completely being an open book and like really talking about the good, the bad, the disgusting, like 
that's what people want to hear. So I'm so glad you were finally here. And I will talk to you all again in a few weeks on the next podcast episode. So bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.